Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Get in crash position. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming up, Freaks. Like a good old Texas boy, I'll take my ass whooping like I should and say, nice job, Statman, with your NASCAR picks for the beat of freak. Statman, 138 points total. Total Crasher, 133. Me, coming in last place, 103 points total to our uh, challenger, Jason, who, of course, follows us on Twitter, was part of the General Tires beat of freak with the Richmond race last night. Statman, congratulations with your three uh, picks kicking some ass last night, buddy. Hey, you never can tell when the old stat man's going to fall into. <laughs> it, it made a better afternoon after my Buckeyes. Oh, in valid. <laughs> yeah, that didn't get your day going too well, huh? No, it didn't. I was four hours of watching a football game and I ended up with frustration and a headache. I, you know, they, that's not just. You're not supposed to start Saturday that way. Well, okay, you started your Saturday that way. Let me tell you what happened in the Sargent household. We ended our Saturday that way because all I know, we were starting to put up some Halloween decorations, and all I see is Kenny behind me. And I knew what was going on anyway, but I see Kenny behind me walking up the stairs, drink in hand, saying, I got to get out of this. And I'm like, wait, what's, oh, Texas, right, mm-hmm. right, okay, yeah, Longhorns. See, if I could handle alcohol, I would have handled alcohol yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Crash, you're so true, though. How, how you doing, Freak Nation? To, to, to back up just a little bit, we're talking about Beat a Freak there at the top of the show. Where Be sure to follow us on Twitter, where every weekend, there's a race weekend, whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR, you get a chance to win a set of general tires. Just be sure to follow us on Twitter at Speed Freaks. Coming up in the show, Tommy Shaw. Yep, that guy, Tommy Shaw. Crash of the Crown is the new record that came out from Sticks. He's going to be joining us in the second hour. A good two-parter uh, that Tommy Shaw will be joining us here. Buddy Rice, that name sound familiar? Indy 500 winner. Back in the day, I say back in the day. When was it? What year was that that he won, Crasher? 2004. Holy smokes. Uh, what the hell has Buddy Rice been up to? We'll find out. Coming up in about 35 minutes. I actually think the bigger question is, what has he not been up to? Mm. Dude's schedule is jammed. But we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that. Right. Uh, so it, it, needless to say, a big show, Freak Nation. A lot of racing going on this week in Formula One with some controversy. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars. It just goes off. That's why we're here for two hours on a Sunday night from the Lucas Oil Studios. NHRA started their playoffs. Lucas Oil Motocross wrapped their season. I mean, this was so much for football dominating. We motorheads, we were just consumed with a huge calendar, huge slate of activities all weekend. It was awesome. If you're a motorhead, you loved this weekend. I think we had a little bit of pre-show meeting going on before the show, and Statman was very succinct when he was talking about that the beautiful country there at uh, Laguna Seca. And that is so true that you could race, you could race frogs on that track. And I'd stick and I'd stick and watch there on the corkscrew. Because you're, you're, you're in a part of the country is that is just golden stat. 
Yeah, and that uh, hotel that we stayed at, somebody Ooh, yeah. kicked us out of an old hotel and said, you got to go take this. And was, yeah, okay. And they sent us to the garden spot of the area and mm-hmm. he bought us a grilled steak while we were checking in. I will <laughs> never forget that hotel. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but yes, it was They're like a... Famous, so it's not important to remember. Oh, that's true, that's true. But it was like a 500-star resort buried somewhere in between sand dunes right there on the water. It was oh, yeah. gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I've been there several times. The name has changed oh. several times since we were there, but, I mean, it's spectacularly wonderful. You can lay in bed and watch the waves crash against the rocks over the sand dunes. All right, now that you bring that up, now I'm, now I'm getting mad at all three of us, all of us on this show, why we did not plan better. Because this weekend, of course, is IMSA, sports cars at Laguna Seca. Next weekend, the very next weekend, is IndyCar there. Why didn't we just get a Freaks Motorhome and go park on those sand dunes and make it an entire week of festivities and and enjoy one of our favorite parts of the United States again? I mean, we were dumb for not doing that. Come on. Festivities and pandemic and Delta variant. And masks. Yeah, okay, there's that too. A seven-year-old that's in school, Crasher. I know. We, we should have put we her didn't back. Have back yeah. then. I know. Uh, we we should have put her back in online school just so we could enjoy this week in a motorhome. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that a, a, a note from my mom wouldn't suffice to say we're going out. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> and then the end of the note says, "In wine country for two races." <laughs> yeah, right. yeah right. just saying. Freak Nation, we will also touch on a very special weekend when it comes to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And a soundbite from Lemmy of Motorhead will be a part of it. More Freaks coming up. We're going to resume this with Phillies right now. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates, Freak Nation. Thank you guys for joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The website, speedfreaks.tv. And, of course, this segment, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to generaltire.com and check out their line of tires to keep your ride on the road. Crasher. Well, today was just a tad bit busy, am I right? Not only Mm -hmm. with the NFL season debut, but the motorsports calendar was pretty stacked. In an awesome collab, though, of NFL and racing, did you catch the visor clear over Alvin Kamara's shield on the field today? Not sure if that's going to warrant a fine by the NFL. Suave, go ahead and tweet that out, but it was a sweet NASCAR tribute nonetheless. All right, today, first it was F1, the Italian Grand Prix, which was an awesome race to begin with, and then the title contenders, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, taking each other out, both in the kitty litter, done, with the still relatively new halo pretty much saving Hamilton's life. It's been a blame game all over social media, but room was certainly not left for the two of them in the turn after Hamilton re-entered the track. On to the win, Daniel Ricciardo, his first since Monaco in 2014. By the way, Verstappen, three-race grid penalty to be served coming up in Russia. IndyCar then almost crapped the bet again in their turn one in Portland, Oregon, but yep, one of the drivers slightly involved in the lap one craziness drove through from the pole to then the back of the field, and then up again to the win. Alex Pelot, damn. Second in points coming into the race, but showed just how potential champions drive as he snagged the checkered flag over Alexander Rossi. 
IMSA sports cars were racing simultaneously at Laguna Seca. It was a dominant performance in the overall, with Wayne Taylor racing drivers Felipe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor. In LMP2, it was Ben Keating and Mikhail Jensen. For all race information, check out racer.com. NHRA wrapped a pretty epic Reading Nationals in Pennsylvania, their first race of the playoffs, a.k.a. the countdown. Steve Johnson winning Pro Stock Motorcycle. Greg Anderson tying Warren Johnson with Greg's 97th Pro Stock win. Sub-driver Tommy Johnson winning over John Force in Funny Car. And Billy Torrance with the win over Justin Ashley in Top Fuel. The NASCAR Cup Series raced Richmond on Saturday night. Martin Truex Jr. was penalized on lap one for crossing the stripe ahead of pole sitter Denny Hamlin. But in the end, it really didn't matter. Truex had the better car after 400 laps and went on to win the race by almost a second and a half. Now, Hamlin and Truex are guaranteed into the next round of the NASCAR Cup playoffs. Leading the final 14 laps, Noah Gregson was the winner in the Xfinity Series on Saturday afternoon. Also, Lucas Oil Motocross Series, they wrap their season this weekend and hang down. Check them out, promotocross.com. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop that is, scoop that is, scoop that is, scoop that is, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Polling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Your soap is Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. 
titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Crash of the Crown is what it's called. It's the latest record album streaming. It's the new music from Styx, Crash of the Crown, which, by the way, Tommy Shaw of Styx will join us next hour. If you subscribe to our YouTube page, you see the plethora of talent that we have on Speed Freaks' official YouTube page. Music, motorsports, actors. It's a it's an array of of superstars that we continue to have on our YouTube page where we'll pull the audio from those videos to play with you on the National Motorsports Radio Show. So Tommy Shaw, and we'll also send out a link on our Twitter account and our Facebook page, by the way, where you can go watch this video with Tommy Shaw when we caught up with him earlier this week uh, discussing about Crash of the Crown and playing with Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Frank Sinatra insight, uh, advice that he got from Gene Simmons. It's a, just an incredible story. And, and one thing that I enjoy uh, about doing these music interviews, these artists, uh, are it's a lot of music that I'm familiar and Crash is familiar with. And we turn Statman onto some of this music from time to time. And when he started talking about, Tommy Shaw started talking about the influence of Frank Sinatra, Statman, your jaw damn near dropped to the floor. How do you explain one of the, great tenor voices in rock screaming at the top of his lungs, kicking back and listening to uh, the chairman of the board mm-hmm. singing. I mean, that, that there's no, there's no connection there. There's no connective tissue at all. The chairman of the board. I love that. Yeah. No, that's, Hey, what can I tell you? If Frank Sinatra had a Twitter account, what would it be? Chairman of the board. That's true. Yeah. It would just be Frank. One of the, Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> right. He's the kind of guy that if, if, if he wasn't on Twitter and someone already had that, he would make one phone call. <laughs> this is Frank, Frank Sinatra. I need my Twitter handle, Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. sir. Mr. Sinatra. Yeah, you got that. It. Whatever you Coming your say, way. sir, just don't have that large band in the Cadillac outside <laughs> who's getting out to come knock on my door and tell him it's taken care of. Martin Truex with a big win last night. He moves on into the next round. Uh, last night in Richmond, there was some there was some back and forth going on. Not the fire, not not the full fledged fireworks that we're used to seeing. In Richmond, we saw what happened in Portland earlier today with the IndyCar race. IMSA wrapping up in Laguna Seca, NHRA. Tommy Johnson filling in for the seat of Matt Hagen once again. Goes out, and what does he do, Crasher? Takes the win. He's mm-hmm. subbing in his second race. Matt Hagen, of course, diagnosed with COVID before the big go last weekend, the U.S. Nationals in Indianapolis. So this is the second weekend now. Tommy Johnson is in the seat. No, guess what? He takes the win, gets a Wally, and helps move Matt Hagen into the lead of the championship hunt. Not too shabby. Absolute Not stones. too shabby. Yeah, but, but you talked about fireworks and the lack of in NASCAR. IndyCar was close to getting some, but they drove their way out of it today in Portland. The fireworks were left in Italy. They they started and ended and and stayed in Italy with that Italian Grand Prix. And let's get into some of that coming up maybe next segment or the okay. end of this segment. I, I I want to touch on what happened 
yesterday with the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and how it is just significant in everyone's lives. Uh, that date when it happened and how it changed our lives forever. But what I would like to do is Statman had a great point. There was a good 20 minutes that Lemmy, actually 30 minutes, I think it was two-parter, Lemmy Kilmister of Motorhead unfortunately passed away several years ago. But one of the things that floored us in this interview, he rem didn't remind us, he pretty much schooled us on how things changed with 9-11 here in the States. This well, is when we had him, hold on, when we had him in the studio, this was four or five years after 9-11? Was this like five 2005? Yeah, was it five years? Anniversary, yeah. Okay, okay. Just yeah. for some context. Got it. Nice. So let's play a minute and a half, two minutes of Lemmy Kilmister, and it just absolutely, again, floored us what he brought up after Statman asked this question in regards to the United States and 9-11. Let me ask you a similar question along, yeah. that, along that line. As much as you've toured around the United States in the last 30 years, what's the biggest change you've seen in this country as a, as this a, country, as a Britisher? It's become a lot less cheerful, yeah. you know what I mean? It's become more hysterical, hysterical, but less cheerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My people are more determined to have a good time because of all the crap they have to put up with, you know. But all the same, it's not real spontaneous joy like it. I mean, when I first came wow. over here. Kind of like yeah. forced joy? Not forced even. It's just a different brand of it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Not, people aren't really as happy joy. generally anymore. Yeah. And they got a lot more to worry about because you, you guys never got bombed before. Whereas Europe, we did. Yeah. We all got bombed in Europe. So it wasn't as big of a deal for us 2001, you know. And you guys have never been hit before like that badly in a big city, you know. Like London got plastered in the Second World War, all of Germany, all of France, you know. And you guys never had it before. So I think it really, it really stopped one of your personality traits developing anymore. It stopped you being carefree. Huh. Do you know mm. what I mean? It stopped you being, and it stopped you being self-confident to a large extent, I think. Wow. wow. Know, because before you were confident that you were miles away from everywhere that could get at you, you know what I mean? Nobody can touch us. Yeah, How yeah, that? yeah. Uh, and, and then On suddenly. The anniversary. How I know. That? And then suddenly you got touched, you know, and then a big way. And I think that wow. really spoiled it for you. Statman, you've been around this planet a few times, but to hear that from Lemmy, I, I, I you can hear your voice. You can just imagine your face when he was talking about the realization that uh, we got our ass handed to us on 9-11. And, and for, from his perspective, it uh, it changed this country forever. To think that that was 15 years ago, and that's a soundbite that we could have had tonight. We could have had yeah. that now on the, on the broadcast. Uh, and it did change. It floored me. Uh, as much as he was drinking there in the studio, that he suddenly became that lucid and was able to uh, go right to the heart of the matter and uh, really bring out some things that I hadn't even thought about, you know? Uh, and other countries in Europe, they are used to war. They've had mm -hmm. war over and over again. We've never had really war on our uh, soil. And... Uh, it happened then, and 20th anniversary this weekend uh, really takes you back. And to hear that now, just, well, really, a, probably one of the most important sound bites we've ever had on the Speed Freaks. 
Crash and I were talking about what we were doing on that fateful morning. And actually, it morphed into that week where the airlines were shut down. We were scheduled to fly to Sacramento to host a party and to be a part of a, the Sacramento Mile. Flat uh, track. Yeah. The four of us hopped in my Explorer, and we drove to Sacramento, if you remember that stat, man, and to, to host the party and to be a part of the Sac Mile and flat track. And that weekend, uh, CART and the Germany race is when Alex Zanardi had that wreck and lost his legs. Wow. Wow. I hadn't put those two together. That's wow. Yeah. I remember that weekend. Well, uh, we had our own issues going up there and being up there, but it was a, uh, the, all of America was just out of kilter and, mm -hmm. uh, the, our tracks weren't parallel, uh, whatever you wanted. We were, the whole country was maybe a taco short of a combo plate. We were just out of it. And, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know that we've really come back from that. Like the generation before us about Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, I mean, certain things happen in your lifetime. Uh, the Kennedy assassination, mm -hmm. you know exactly where you were at that time and your life has never been the same since. I remember talking to my grandma about that because she was relating or trying to relate Pearl Harbor to me and my cousin. So all of her grandkids on my dad's side of the family. And she was trying to let us know that, no, this is way different. And not only in the way that we received the news because everything was so immediate in 2001 versus Pearl Harbor in the forties, but how this was just this, this was, was more, just more shocking. And, and, and it just, it just drained on everybody's emotions more there. You just didn't have a lot of time to react because it was happening right in front of your eyes and it was devastating and you weren't hearing about it from afar all the way across the country. So, yeah, it, it just it did. Like Stat said, like Lemmy said, it rocked this country to its core. And I, I agree with Stat. I don't think we've been the same ever since. Yeah, the Kennedy assassination was kind of the same way because they ended up having a man being uh, murdered on live television oh, yeah. in the basement of the police station, the garage of the police station. Mm -hmm. So all of that, it, it just, that was part of a continuum that uh, changed America and how we receive news. That's a good, that's a good point to make crash. Uh, but I don't think anything that we've heard on our airwaves was as poignant as what uh, Lemmy said there. I said, you guys are, are different. You've had it different, and now you don't have a different. The arrogance that you had as Americans is gone uh, and because the war has come to your soil. And then this seems to always morph into when we're discussing the anniversary of 9-11 on the show, the significant th things that have happened during our last 21 years and specifically on the Sunday nights. And the one thing that mm -hmm. comes to my mind and I don't, we don't need to get into politics and I promise you I'm not here, but when Osama bin Laden was killed, that happened during one of our shows. And I think, right. didn't we just cut directly and just start generalizing and discussing that at the we time? We stopped. Yeah. We stopped talking about motorsports and just kind of open things up and 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, to be perfectly honest, it is directly related to 9-11. So, yeah, it's right. just another chapter from the beginning of that book. Holy smokes, Freak Nation. Uh, we've got a lot of motorsports to talk about, but frankly, the headline has been the 20th anniversary of 9-11, the reflections, the conversations that have been going on over the last five, six, seven days leading up to yesterday and the 20th anniversary. And kudos to all the racing series and their tributes. They, they were all great. And then the NFL, we got to mm -hmm. throw that in there today too. The NFL and the collective national anthem with a daughter for, of one of the men who lost his life in the towers. I mean, come on, all of sports. And we remember that as well from 2001 and right. the week, the two weeks, the three weeks after it happened, sports is what brought us all together and reunited patriotism. And this weekend, we saw a lot of that again. I'm actually getting chills just talking about it. This weekend, thank you sports for bringing us back in that regard as well. Yeah, that is one common denominator that we do have in our culture. Uh, everybody can get behind the Cowboys or Ohio State or uh, Indiana basketball or whatever, you know. I mean, anything can bring people from divergent opinions can come together to cheer for or against. And uh, that was important on uh, that weekend 20 years ago, uh, mm -hmm. on the week after. And the same way that it was important after the Kennedy assassination, yeah. when they had to decide whether or not to play football, that he was he was uh, murdered on uh, Friday, and uh, they had to decide whether or not to play football on Sunday. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of sports is at the center mm -hmm. of a lot of things that we do in America. I do remember the cart was dealing with that as well. Should we go through with this race in Germany a week after 9-11? I do remember that. And it, to be honest, let's think about that. It was only four days after 9-11 because 9-11 in 2001, it happened on a Tuesday. That cart race was on Saturday. And remember, it's Saturday, six hours ahead of us in the States. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they they were fortunate to have had pretty much everyone and all equipment already over in Europe. But there were some people that couldn't make it because of the flights that were shut down. So, yeah, there was there was a lot of last minute decision making that went on there. And it's unfortunate for Alex Zanardi, but it, it, I don't even know what to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, it, it was so unfortunate for Alex Zanardi, but I don't necessarily think they did the wrong thing. I think we'll all also remember when baseball came back and Bud Selig was talking about when he was the commissioner of Major League Baseball, how he was, it was just a tough call. Should we come back? Is it too soon to come back? But when they came back, uh, our president threw out the first pitch and it, it galvanized the country of like, we just, it was like a collective there's some normalcy back in our back in our lives uh, at the time in an area that was significant, of course, to 9/11. And Bud Selig said uh, that he just he started balling, and his he was he either had how to, could you not? Yeah, how could just you not? having to make that decision. Um, I, 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 never would I expect to be in a position to do something like that, but it just, I, you can, you could just see it. You could just see that happening uh, when 
the Yankees hit the field. Uh, just <laughs> we got some motorsports to talk about, Freak Nation. And wouldn't you know it, the Statman Scat's going to have something to say about it. It's this international series that's taking the headlines. That's coming up next. Speed Freak Spits and Lucas Oil Studios. I'll be waiting when you step toward the edge I will Red Bull F1 driver Max Verstappen has always been fast since he started six years ago in Austria at 17. The undisciplined speed eventually was harnessed and now he's a favorite to block Lewis Hamilton's charge to a record eighth world championship. But Verstappen has this curious belief that anyone on the track should get out of his way when he comes close. Just today in Italy, he punted Hamilton from the track at the start of the race. Then there was a hideously scary charge through Hamilton at mid-race. Max's car ended up rolling over Hamilton's, even bouncing off Lewis's head where it landed. Of course, Max and most of his fans say it was Hamilton's fault because he didn't make way for the charging Red Bull. Race stewards, however, didn't see it that way, ruling it was Max's responsibility to avoid the crash. He gets a three-place grid penalty next race in Russia. Someone once told me Max was a beast. I tend to agree. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Buddy Rice. 2002, Crasher? 2004. Sorry, 2004. Indy 500 winner. What's he been up to? Well, what's he not been up to? He'll be here in the Freak Nation. Next hour, Tommy Shaw of Sticks. New record out. Crash of the Crown. We'll touch on that. Of course, stories about Jerry Lee Lewis, Gene Simmons, <laughs> and Frank Sinatra in that interview. So, yeah, big uh, big Speed Freaks show for you tonight. You miss any of it, go to the website, speedfreaks.tv. Thank you, Lucas Oil, for making this thing possible. they got a line of products to keep your rides on the road. Sports car, sedan, you got a big old power boat outside. What about a motorcycle? They got it. Go check them out at lucasoil.com. It's lucasoil.com. Statman Scat touched a little bit about it, and I want to spend about seven or eight minutes talking about this. If I'm, I'm sure we could fill the time with it because uh, given Statman's love for Max Verstappen, not. <laughs> uh, Statman Scat touched on this, how it just – see. I don't know if Formula One would be taking the headlines, frankly, as it seems to be weekly, if they weren't so po- if it wasn't so popular thanks to this Netflix show. Because yeah. I'll I'll get texts from people that wouldn't know the difference between a cup car and a funny car, but damn it, they can tell me all about that Red Bull F one car. They can, they can, <laughs> Uh, but it was, uh, I called it when I saw it with the walk of shame with Max Verstappen and uh, Statman's uh, favorite driver uh, of all time, Lewis Hamilton, after they got together again. And Statman, how do these guys continue? To, as they're fighting for a championship, how do these guys continue to be the headline for things that are going on on and off the track? whether it's their cars laying on top of each other or something that they've said about each other off the track? Well, there's a huge amount of uh, interest, obviously, in Formula One. And uh, this is a very close competition. 
Uh, Max Verstappen has been uh, has been chasing Lewis for uh, what five years now, and he's finally gotten to the point where he's got a car and a skill set that will give him competition. Uh, Mercedes is behind. It's just a confluence of a number of things. If if Lewis wins the championship, it'll be his eighth, and that's a record. No one has ever done more than seven. Uh, so there's a lot of things that are happening here. And one thing that's not talked about a lot, but it's right in the face of Formula One, Lewis is not well-liked in, uh, in, the, in the, the crowds at a Formula One race. People don't like what he says about uh, uh, racism, end racism, and all the political stances that he's made. And uh, they just don't like him. And that's showing more and more. And more and more people are cheering for Max, hoping Max can uh, knock him off. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff on the table here mm -hmm. with this championship. And it sort of came to a head uh, today in Italy uh, where uh, Max did something really stupid. And uh, it's like he thinks that everybody ought to get out of his way when he's mm -hmm. on the track. And uh, uh, even some of his fans, even his team boss, uh, Christian Horner, was very uh, circumspect when they asked him about it. He wasn't as adamant as he was at Silverstone when uh, they collided at Silverstone. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. And now Max has been penalized in the next race in Sochi. Uh, so maybe it'll calm down now. And uh, since he didn't get any points, uh, maybe he'll his team will be able to say, "Look, dude, you know, give it a rest. Uh, if you, we're not getting. If you can't get any points, doesn't help do us any good either." Buddy Rice, your 2004 Indy 500 champion. Next, where has Buddy been, or more importantly, what has he not been doing? Buddy Rice, former Indy 500 champion. Next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, our friends at General Tire are back at it again. And this time, they'd like to give you $100 back when you purchase a set of four qualifying light truck SUV General Tires between now and October 31st. Yes, we said $100 back on a Visa prepaid card with your light truck or SUV General Tires. Hey, football's back, so why not show off your new General Tires when you drop the tailgate for some pregame festivities? For more information, check out GeneralTire.com. General Tires, the official tire of Speed Freaks, where anywhere is possible. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner They're my fave Dad You're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen To be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care Will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. 
Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. You're back with the Freaks, and thanks to our friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Now through the end of October, you get a shot at up to $100 back on a piece of prepaid card. If you buy four qualifying SUV light truck tires from General Tires, for more information, go to GeneralTire.com. Buddy Rice, 2004 Indy 500 champion, is here in the Freak Nation. Racers and fans, we get so damn nostalgic about dates and wins. And 50 years ago, this happened. Al Hunter did. Mario did. Uh, you're you're going to become part of that old dude conversation you remember when buddy rice won the indy 500 well just think about it if if that makes me old then what does that make you easy (laughs) (laughs) out of the gate whoa Uh. wow when you look at what you did with the 500 and this isn't a big indy 500 uh interview but uh, again it's significant in your life but you look at your your win in the indy 500 you talk about doors being opened you talk about name recognition Given your and we'll get to this. Given your travels and the things and teams that you're involved in now, if you if you never won the Indy 500, do you think we'd be sitting here talking to to Buddy Rice about you know dealing with sports car teams or feeder series into IndyCar? I have no idea. I'm not one to reflect on like looking back on what ifs and stuff. I mean, you know, people ask me all the time because of my stuff with baseball and things that have, you know, what if I would have done things differently? Like you can't. You can't control that. What's happened is what's happened. So I try to live in the now and what's going to happen in the future. Um, I mean, I guess being realistic, no, probably not. Obviously, that puts you on a whole nother level. Um, obviously, I did other things after that that also helped elevate me even more. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just is what it is. I worked really hard at it. And it's. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have what happened at, at Indy with Bobby Rahal and David Letterman and all our sponsors and everybody that was behind it. So I think it was, uh, you know, it's just something that, I just really happy to be a part of it. I was glad we were able to do what we, we did. And, you know, here I am. I get to talk to you guys. And I got to meet a bunch of cool people and go do cool stuff all the time. Yeah, but hold on a second. I think what you just brought up when you referenced baseball and how you have approached things in your life 
sure, a big sports win, such as the Indy 500, is awesome for your resume and for people to constantly reference you as an Indy 500 winner. But you have been a guy, at least as long as we've known you, to always take advantage of even the smaller opportunities, whether it was baseball, whether it was motorsports. I mean, how did you get involved with Eddie Cheever in the first place? How did that vault into an opportunity with Bobby Rahal? It was still your hard work that got you there, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and a lot of it was opportunity. A lot of, you know, I had, I mean, there was issues at Cheever's when I showed up there. Obviously, I got into the into the car at Ray Hall because of what happened with Kenny. And, you know, Kenny and I were friends before that. I've been with Ray Hall and, and, and done testing with them and driver development stuff with those guys. But, you know, yeah, you always had to take every opportunity you can get. And especially when, you know, big opportunities like that to where you can elevate yourself and give yourself an opportunity to succeed, you got to take those. And you got to take them any way they come. And, it's, you know, sometimes it came at at the – at an issue or at a bad spot for somebody else. But I mean, that happens in, in everything across the board, whether it's business or sports. So it's just, uh, yeah, I just capitalized on what I had and, and tried to make the most of everything I, and every opportunity I get. Bunny Rice, it's come to mind that the move you made to win the Indy 500 was against the wall. It was inches between mm-hmm. you and the wall and the car on the other side, on your right side. With You didn't make that move. You may not be the champion. Would you make that move now? Was that a move made from youth or uh, would old age tell you that's stupid, buddy? Uh, I don't know about that. I think definitely as you get older, you think and look at things differently. So I think from that perspective, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I was in the same spot, would I think about it differently? Probably. But at that time, I mean, I knew that was an opportunity. That was on one of the restarts. We're just coming back and we needed to get back to the front. We had a game plan and we needed to stick to the game plan. And that's what we did. So, um, at 45, would I do the same thing I did back then? I have no idea until I'm in that position, but I like to think that I'm still on the aggressive side, so I'd like to think I'd still go for it. Yeah, I do too. Anybody that wear a hat like that when you're 20 or 45 <laughs> is going to dive against the wall and go for the win. <laughs> yeah, I still wear my hats the same as then. So yes. I love it. Flat bill. Buddy, what was it that convinced you and your father to go the route of racing because you were being looked at by colleges for baseball. You were very good at baseball. Why did you, what was the conversation you guys had? Why was it that you went into racing, not baseball? Well, we just, I felt at the time, which I didn't know everything and I, we probably should have done a little more research, but you know, I wasn't getting some of the opportunities that we thought we should be getting. There was some stuff going on politically and different things. So we jumped in the go-karts and started doing that, I thought it was more like an individual thing. And if I was able just to go out and perform and do stuff, it would, you know, translate into me getting opportunities. And that's really where it came from. And my dad, from the racing and having a racing background, I mean, that's, I'd grown up around cars and motors and all that stuff. So it was kind of a, just a, a natural fit and things just kind of evolved. Did we have any idea that was going to evolve to what it did? No, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, it gave me a lot of opportunity. I got a, and I got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, I, like I said, I just got a lot of opportunities. I got to go try a lot of things, and, and it, it doors opened up, and it was luckily the, the correct move at the time. Well, you've traveled where this summer? I, I'd say it was the correct move at the time and now. Yeah, I mean, I've been to, what, Sweden, Norway, uh, Denmark, Finland, and then back to Sweden, and that was just <laughs> through the summer for racing, and now we're getting ready for Nitro Circus, and we got, you know, Utah, Minnesota, Arizona, California, Glen Helen, and down into Florida and then we'll have a little break and we'll fire nitro circus 2022 back up. But we're really looking forward to it with dry and Reinbold racing. We got four lights cars. we got four supercars coming with Audi and, 
you know, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Travis's deal. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's exciting. Buddy Rice joining us here in the Freak Nation. And, and, Buddy, I'm a little disappointed because you're out there. We're both out there when it comes to conversations that we'll have off mic and like to mix it up, and you bring up all these things that you're part of. Why in the hell won't you get involved in freaking social media to share some of this <laughs> Buddy Rice madness, broham? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not into it. I never have been. People talk to me about it. I just don't, I don't get into it that much. I mean, I look at some stuff, but I don't know. I don't think I need to take pictures of my, my food and what I'm doing and where I'm at and all that stuff. I'm just not into all that. I never have been. I just do my own thing. You know, that's so true though, because I remember Ricky Carmichael was very hesitant about Twitter and he he wouldn't even get a a website because he's like, okay, if I'm going to do social media, that's going to be my website. But you're right. If if you got a TV gig anywhere down the road, let's say in the next five years, and they force you to get social media, would you quit the TV gig because you're just not going there? I don't know. I guess I'd have to cross that bridge and we do. I mean, we've right now, we've, there's been a couple of pilots regarding some stuff with some documentaries and some, uh, other TV shows. So there's, you know, there's stuff on the horizon that could possibly happen. If they require that, then we'll have to, I guess, address that. Some pilots. Maybe I just have someone do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say your daughter, you could have Michelle do it. Your pilots. Hold on. What are you talking about? Go deeper into that. Are we going to see a Buddy Rice documentary? Are we going to see you doing something with Nitro Circus on TV? Yeah. I want to know. Well, we'll see. No, I'm not, nothing with Nitro Circus right now. There's some other things that we've been working on um we had some stuff that we thought would be in place for some other stuff and as it starts to get a little closer if it looks like it's going to happen i'll make sure i come out and explain a little bit more but there's definitely <laughs> there's a lot going on there's a lot of things happening and uh you know there could be some exciting stuff coming down but you know how it is talks cheap and it's just got to happen actually wow. so we'll see <laughs> buddy rice you stuck with rally cross you talked about nitro circus you stuck with rally cross where a lot of people bailed and went somewhere else what do you see in that that keeps you around? Well, one of the big things is, you know, Dennis Reinbold's really behind it and the whole team. That's one of the big things right now. The reason I'm into the rally crossing is I like it because it puts the discipline back in the driver. There's so many different elements to what's going on between the pavement, the dirt, the jumps, the different uh, features and everything. So you have to drive. You have to be on top of it. You have to be on your game to win and to be up front. And I think it's great. It puts it back in the driver's hands. Some of the other stuff's a little bit of, um, you know, it's a cubic dollar race. So I think that, you know, some of the really good kids, if you don't get a good opportunity on the right stuff, you're going to, you know, struggle a little bit more. Um, and just so I've been into it. I like it. I like where it's at. I like where it's going. Um, they're going to go. We got electric cars coming in 2022. That's going to mm-hmm. be exciting. Dennis has got that going as well for us. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's going to be cool. I'm really into it. I like it. I like the atmosphere. Tons of people come out and it's uh, it's exciting. There's a lot of energy at these events. How do we get more eyeballs on those events? Because anytime I've watched one, it, it has been incredibly exciting. And like you said, it's pure driving. The driver has to really use his own mind to figure these things out on all these different surfaces. So how do we get more eyeballs on this type of racing? Because essentially it's what everybody wants is the pure enjoyment of difficulty and talent. Well, I think with right now tra- with Travis and what their approach is going to be, it sounds like doing all the filming in-house and they're using some other uh, companies to, to broadcast it out. They're going to have streaming. They're going to have all the stuff. They're going to be able to do the reach. So if you just get on Nitro Circus Rally Cross, start looking that up and it'll, it'll explain all that to you. But I mean, they have a very good business plan. They have a long-term program right now. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of growth. And I think you're going to see a lot of exciting people. And I think this is going to be a new sport that's going to, you know, it's going to get back up there in the upper level like it was 
you know, back in the GRC days, but it, I think cool. with the yeah. organization and the group and, and Travis behind it, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be even better. Would there be anything that would get you behind the wheel or are you just the coach owner? Uh, you're not a driver anymore. Uh, I do drive. It depends. Not with the rally cross stuff right now. I'm just with the management side of stuff. I'm not an owner. Um, there is some stuff I could be driving later this year. There's some, there's some tests being lined up. And Come on, don't leave talks. that on the table like that. I will dude. see. Damn, <laughs> buddy. There's on, stuff dude. going on. I got to see. I don't like to let it out too much because if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't yeah. happen. But uh, there's a lot going on. There's there, You could see me back behind the wheel. Um, that. And, I'm, and my big thing is. I'm interrupting you, dude. <laughs> that is what social media is about. Yeah. That that last couple of sentences right there yeah. is what's going to get you tens of thousands of people saying, I got it. And then the advertisers come once you get the tens of thousands of people. And that means money. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now you're thinking about it. You mentioned the you money and you now did. you're thinking about it. Well, you got to be able Whoa. to, you got to be able to think, you got to be able to evolve. You got to, you know, you got to be able to change, but we'll see. I don't know. But like I said, there's some stuff coming. We'll see what happens later in the year. See if we can't get something to, uh, to come together. There's a lot, there's a lot of options. There's, there's a lot of things going on right now. Buddy Rice here in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios. And Buddy, the news came out. Well, the news has been out for about three weeks now, but it looks like uh, Michael Andretti and company are going to be forking over a whole lot of scoots to buy a Formula One team. And everybody's putting Colton Herta automatically in that seat. Where does Buddy Rice sit on this with Andretti in general going to the elite open wheel series in the, in the world and competing? Are we ready to do something like that? Well, I mean, if you look at what he's been doing lately in his expansion and they've, you know, they've had success everywhere they've went. So, you know, it's just another step. If they put Colton in there, I think it'd be a very good move. The kid's great. He's uh he's going to be awesome. If he were to go over there, um, we'll just have to see. I mean, it's been a long time since, you know, an American's had a legitimate shot at getting in there and having a seat in Formula One. Um, it's a big uphill battle, so this could actually open up more opportunities and open the doors. But I think Colton would be a great candidate. I mean, everything he's been able to do in IndyCar, how he's come up and how competitive he is week in, week out, I think it'd be, it'd be awesome to see. Have you ever driven a Formula One car off the grid? Have you ever hopped in one? No, that's one of the few things I have not driven. Where do you think where do you think the drop off is? I mean, I'm a I'm a big soccer player. I know where the drop off is between major league soccer and top level European soccer. I know where the problems are and the issues are. Where are the problems and the issues outside of financial from the jump from IndyCar to Formula One, or is it all financial? But when you come from when you have Formula One drivers versus IndyCar drivers, I think some of it is probably financial. Some of it is probably political. Some of it's just uh, you know. We're over here, and, and you have to go over there to, to try to make it happen. I know, I know Rossi and some of those other guys have tried it. They, they put their time in. They did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just a lack of timing, right? The seats are full. The way the contracts come up and, and those opportunities, sometimes that's some of it. It's probably just a lot of everything that causes these problems, and eventually it would be nice to see one of the Americans get over there and, and be able to make it, uh, and make it happen. You know, and it's expensive to run those things. I mean, that's also a problem and getting on the grid, doing all that stuff. There's only 20 seats available. So I don't know. It's hard to say exactly what it is. I'm not in the middle of all that, you know, not mm-hmm. behind the scenes knowing everything that's going on, but there's definitely, I mean, there's just a little bit of everything. Well, we talk, we're talking right now about the Andretti team and how they are in so many facets of motorsports, but 
I mean, let's go back to who you are with, the Dreyer and Reinbold team. A lot of people don't give that team enough credit. I mean, how many different disciplines are you guys in right now, whether it's rallycross, like you said, cars in the month of May? There's That's not an easy feat to cross over in so many different disciplines, yet here you are helping to manage all of that and make it work. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been bouncing back and forth between the IndyCar and the rallycross program for the last, like, like I said, five or six years now. Um, you know, between Dennis Reinbold, Chase Selman, Brett DeBoer, all those guys, like, and all, and all the boys at the shop, they do a really good job of managing it, laying out the schedules, how we have to do everything and, and making it all happen. I mean, it's not easy. You know, this past year, we had a really good run at the Speedway with Sage, mm-hmm. got up to sixth. I mean, that was awesome for us, you know, coming from the back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of work. And we're one of the only independent teams in the, in the IndyCar at the, at the 500 level right now. You know, we show up just for that. Every once in a while we run a one-off, but it's a, it's a lot of work. We do a really good job and we're pretty disciplined, but you know, we're always striving to get better and do more. So we're always looking at different opportunities. Hmm. Speaking of opportunities, you have a 13 year old daughter. I've got a seven year old daughter going on 13. It seems uh, <laughs> bigger challenge raising that 13 year old than any day in IndyCar. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Sometimes it's got its ups and downs, you know, they know everything right now. She wants to oh, yeah. do her own thing. So you just got to let it kind of, got to kind of let it ride. So it's, it's a little different. Are you just the dad in the background watching your wife and daughter headbutt each other basically? No, I'm involved. We got a lot going on. She's got a, we got volleyball starting up right now for school. Ooh. So that's been good. She's been doing that. Um, so we'll just see, but I just got to, got to kind of, He's got to get a roll with it sometimes. Oh, yeah. I just, the reason I asked that is that our seven-year-old, oh, yeah, I'm already going like this with her, and Kenny just kind of sits back and watches awesome. it happen. <laughs> Buddy Rice here in the Freak Nation. Dude, this is greatness, man. Thanks for yes. taking time out. Uh, don't be a stranger. You're just down the street 30, 45 minutes from us. I know. I can't believe it took us this long even here. should have done this a while ago. We're, we're all at fault for this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, please. Well, so is our travel schedule. So yeah, yeah we, we got blows. a little bit of a yeah. break. <laughs> please, uh, please tell Michelle hello from the Freak Nation, yes. buddy. We will definitely. Thanks for having me. Good seeing you guys. And Freak Nation coming up next hour. Tommy Shaw of Sticks. He'll be joining us next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined. Network broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the Bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the freaks. Second hour Speed Freaks coming up this hour. There's a new record out there. It came out in June. It's called Crash of the Crown. And Tommy Shaw of Styx, of course, the front man for Styx, he joined us earlier this week. And we'll hit that interview. And you can actually watch that interview on our YouTube page, Speed Freaks Official Radio. Uh, there on YouTube, we'll send out a link on Twitter where you can actually watch the interview. But regardless, we'll spend a good 20, 30 minutes of Tommy Shaw of Styx. Great insights. Talking about time with Jerry Lee Lewis, 
influence of Frank Sinatra opening up for Kiss. The stories are endless. Uh, it is greatness. Tommy Shaw will be here in the Freak Nation. If you missed last hour, Buddy Rice, 2004 Indy 500 champion, he joined us. That'll be up on our website coming up tomorrow morning at speedfreaks.tv. We're there for you on our website, of course, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Be sure you hit us up, Freak Nation. Uh, Crasher will have all the insight to the results over the weekend when it comes to motorsports. Of course, last night in Richmond, Saturday night racing at Richmond. Martin Truex Jr. Statman's got Statman. Where did this uh, Where did this man crush start with you and Martin Truex Jr.? When did that start? Uh, right after he won the championship, and I didn't have to worry about Kyle Busch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Because there there were seven or eight years there where you had a man crush of Jimmy Johnson. I thought I was going to say, was that the passing of the baton from Jimmy Johnson yeah. to Martin Truex? Yeah, exactly. You know, I just I just like him. I like the way he treated his uh, then girlfriend and now wife. I like that he won the championship with the team uh, based in Colorado instead of North Carolina. Uh, I just like him. I like the way he handled himself, and I like the way the team worked. And they were outside of the uh, the norm, and mm-hmm. that was good at a time when NASCAR needed to have some things outside the norm. Do you think he is a legitimate top name in NASCAR? The reason I ask this is everybody talks about Jimmy Johnson and Tony Stewart and Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, but does he does Martin Truex Jr. need a second championship to continue to keep his name? for the next however many years in that conversation? I think the more championships he has, the better it's going to be. He doesn't have a personality that will get in your face like uh, Kyle does. Uh, He doesn't have his championships like Jimmy does. He's not in your face like uh, Tony Stewart is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, the more championships, the better. Uh, And he does do it, has a little social media presence, but... Yeah, I think if he has some more success, like maybe wins a championship this year, I think that people will take him a little more seriously, and um, that would be a good thing for him and his uh, spotlight in motor race. And for those that aren't in the know, and you brought that up, Stat, with Martin Truex Jr. winning his championship, again, it, it wasn't with Hendrick or Gibbs or Ganassi. It was this team this one or two car team out of Colorado that won the championship. And that's, that is significant to where maybe he doesn't need those multiple championships to, to be close to the Mount Rushmore of the greatest NASCAR drivers all time. I'm a little facetious. Yeah. But no, but see, the thing is fans don't remember stuff like that decades later. They just remember the title. You know, that's, that's something that only insiders remember. And Mm -hmm. that's just not something with the general peripheral fan base would even care about down the road. So again, congratulations to Martin Truex winning last night in Richmond. He's moving on into the next round of the playoffs. Tommy Johnson Jr. This is absolute bonkers. The guy's been out of a seat all year and then fills in for Matt Hagen last week at the big go. And then this week, Crasher, what does Tommy Johnson Jr. do? Oh, he wins. He gets the Wally. He has... Okay, does he have to give the Wally to Matt Hagen? I mean, that's a serious <laughs> no, question. come on. It's his Wally, right? Okay, so yeah. he gets the Wally. He wins the Reading Nationals, beats John Force in doing so. I think the – I don't have it right in front of me right now, but the margin of victory was just 
barely a sheet of paper. I mean, it was an incredible race what he ran. So yeah, it just, the whole thing was tremendous. Super sub Tommy Johnson Jr. It is. Look, what you, you, again, we don't have time to pontificate. We got to reset. We got some new affiliates coming in at six past the hour. We're going to get some crash Gladys pit news and notes. Stat man scat coming up with more formula one conversation. And of course, Tommy Shaw of sticks, the new record that came out in June crash of the crown. We'll talk about that. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Gene Simmons, and Jerry Lee Lewis. But first, coming up, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Ringing in another round of affiliates, Freak Nation. Thank you guys for joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The website, speedfreaks.tv. And, of course, this segment, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to generaltire.com and check out their line of tires to keep your ride on the road. Crasher. Well, today was just a tad bit busy, am I right? Not only Mm -hmm. with the NFL season debut, but the motorsports calendar was pretty stacked. In an awesome collab, though, of NFL and racing, did you catch the visor clear over Alvin Kamara's shield on the field today? Not sure if that's going to warrant a fine by the NFL. Suave, go ahead and tweet that out, but it was a sweet NASCAR tribute nonetheless. All right, today, first it was F1, the Italian Grand Prix, which was an awesome race to begin with, and then the title contenders, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, taking each other out, both in the kitty litter, done, with the still relatively new halo pretty much saving Hamilton's life. It's been a blame game all over social media, but room was certainly not left for the two of them in the turn after Hamilton re-entered the track. On to the win, Daniel Ricciardo, his first since Monaco in 2014. By the way, Verstappen, three-race grid penalty to be served coming up in Russia. IndyCar then almost crapped the bet again in their turn one in Portland, Oregon, but yep, one of the drivers slightly involved in the lap one craziness drove through from the pole to then the back of the field and then up again to the win. Alex Pillow, damn. Second in points coming into the race, but showed just how potential champions drive as he snagged the checkered flag over Alexander Rossi. IMSA sports cars were racing simultaneously at Laguna Seca. It was a dominant performance in the overall with Wayne Taylor racing drivers Felipe Albuquerque and Ricky Taylor. In LMP2, it was Ben Keating and Mikhail Jensen. For all race information, check out racer.com. NHRA wrapped a pretty epic Reading Nationals in Pennsylvania, their first race of the playoffs, a.k.a. the countdown. Steve Johnson winning pro-stock motorcycle. Greg Anderson tying Warren Johnson with Greg's 97th pro-stock win. Sub-driver Tommy Johnson winning over John Force in Funny Car. And Billy Torrance with the win over Justin Ashley in Top Fuel. The NASCAR Cup Series raced Richmond on Saturday night. Martin Truex Jr. was penalized on lap one for crossing the stripe ahead of pole sitter Denny Hamlin. But in the end, it really didn't matter. Truex had the better car after 400 laps and went on to win the race by almost a second and a half. Now, Hamlin and Truex are guaranteed into the next round of the NASCAR Cup playoffs. Leading the final 14 laps, Noah Gregson was the winner in the Xfinity Series on Saturday afternoon. Also, Lucas Oil Motocross Series, they wrap their season this weekend and hang down. Check them out, promotocross.com. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. 
How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, our friends at General Tire are back at it again. And this time, they'd like to give you $100 back when you purchase a set of four qualifying light truck SUV General Tires between now and October 31st. Yes, we said $100 back on a Visa prepaid card with your light truck or SUV General Tires. Hey, football's back, so why not show off your new General Tires when you drop the tailgate for some pregame festivities? For more information, check out GeneralTire.com. General Tires, the official tire of Speed Freaks, where anywhere is possible. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Freak Nation, now through October 31st, get your set of qualifying SUV light truck tires from General Tires and get up to 400, no, excuse me, get up to a $100 Visa prepaid card. Right there, smack dab in your fat old wallet. Again, that's four qualifying SUV light truck tires, and you'll be up for a $100 Visa prepaid card. For more information, go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com. We don't talk about a whole lot of rally or world rally for that matter. We did talk a little bit about it with Buddy Rice last week or last hour and what he's doing with Nitro Circus and Travis Pastrana when it comes to rally and rallycross. But specifically when it comes to World Rally, 
Statman brought this to my, my attention. Many years ago, we were at the Mint 400, which is an off-road race, a legendary off-road race that our friends General Tyra were involved in at the time. And we were introduced to this guy that evidently, according to Statman, is making a whole hell of a lot of noise in World Rally. And at the time, how old was this kid when, when we met him or in his dad? Well, about 10 years ago, so he must have been around 9, 10 years old. <laughs> We talked to his dad, who was a, uh, a world rally driver, uh, Rovin Para. I, I can't think of his first name. Callie, maybe. Uh, Callie's the son. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of. Oh, I, I know. I thought it was Harry. Harry. Harry Rovin Para. Yeah. And uh, we t- he kept talking about his son like a dad talks about his son, you know, or his daughter. Proud. So. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just looked at him and said, yeah, okay, whatever. So now the guy, the kids won two events this year, <laughs> including, uh, Acropolis, um, holding off, uh, Sebastian Auger, who finished mm-hmm. third and, uh, is the points leader in the, in the, uh, championship. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it said it was an incredible event. The Acropolis is considered the toughest, uh, rally in like an off-road race, using rocky roads uh, going up the mountains in Greece. And did you say that they had been away from the Acropolis Rally for eight years? Eight years, yeah. So this was, wasn't a COVID well, thing. This was gone no. for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. Nowadays, they want to run rallies on smooth roads in the daytime around <laughs> a, a, a common um, – service point so they could get fans to come in and look at the cars and uh, have uh, sponsor activation and so forth. So uh, they can't do that if the roads are far flung and you have a service point in Bakersfield, the next service point in Santa Barbara, the next service point in uh, you know, the San Fernando Valley. So uh, it's just they had worked away from that when uh, events like the Acropolis uh, safari rally, uh, where instead of looping around and ending mm-hmm. up at the same place, you go and you end up and you keep going. So, yeah, they figured out how to do that. So they bring Acropolis back this year. Again, it's it's not worth a two-hour show talking about rally at this point, unless Statman's going to sit there and MC the damn thing. What are you talking about? It's amazing racing. So it doesn't get the headlines that NASCAR does, but it's incredible racing with I'm not denying that, Crash. I'm not denying that. What I was going to get to was Statman sent me a link to just, again, if if you haven't watched Rally, it's, it's, when you hear other drivers, Formula One, IndyCar, a lot of times they'll reference Rally driving and drivers in particular. But I'll watch these Rally drivers and I'll get caught up in it, and then all of a sudden I'll watch these freaking idiot fans. Oh, I know. On these, not just corners, but they're on these straightaways where, for the majority of the time, these cars are on one and two wheels that, with a fart or a burp or a sneeze, he could be plowing over (laughs) a family of people watching this. This isn't, you know, in in the confines of a stadium, man. These are country bumpkin roads, that man. That I don't know how they get away with some of these fans being so close to these cars barreling over these hills. Well, that's what happened to uh, the Group B cars that were so fast, and uh, the drivers would lose control over them, and they'd plow into uh, people and kill people. So they had to do away with the Group B cars. 
but the fans in some countries consider it a a, a rite of passage mm-hmm. to stand in front of the road and jump out of the way as the car goes by. God. And they said they've even had uh, people's fingers in the doors and the door handles because they oh. try to touch the car when oh. they go by at 120 miles an hour. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the f- rally fans are a different breed. You have to think about different things in the morning if you want to go out and do things like that at a world championship rally. Rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. Uh, Freak Nation, coming up your stat man, Scat. Regarding, again, the headline coming out of Formula One, we'll have that for you coming up in moments. But more importantly, sorry, stat man, Tommy Shaw. We spent a good 45 minutes with Tommy Shaw, front man of Sticks, Crash of the Crown, the new album that's out from Sticks. Which, by the way, you go to sticksworld.com. You get all the information you need on the new record where you can, where you can stream it and so forth. Uh, he's going to join us next here in the Freak Nation. And we hit it all, man. Whether it's uh, Frank Sinatra, Gene Simmons of Kiss, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, or hugging his fans. That's right. Hmm. Tommy Shaw of Sticks joins us next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. It's a man. Let's get it. Oh, no. Red Bull F1 driver Max Verstappen has always been fast since he started six years ago in Austria at 17. The undisciplined speed eventually was harnessed and now he's a favorite to block Lewis Hamilton's charge to a record eighth world championship. But Verstappen has this curious belief that anyone on the track should get out of his way when he comes close. Just today in Italy, he punted Hamilton from the track at the start of the race. Then there was a hideously scary charge through Hamilton at mid-race. Max's car ended up rolling over Hamilton's, even bouncing off Lewis's head where it landed. Of course, Max and most of his fans say it was Hamilton's fault because he didn't make way for the charging Red Bull. Race stewards, however, didn't see it that way, ruling it was Max's responsibility to avoid the crash. He gets a three-place grid penalty next race in Russia. Someone once told me Max was a beast. I tend to agree. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined. From the Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, speaking of Lucas Oil, they got a line of products to keep your rides on the road. I say rides, I mean it. Uh, you got a big old diesel truck, about an old jalopy that you're looking to get back out there on the road, or a fine-looking sedan, or a snappy little minivan to be hauling around those little soccer players. They got plenty of products to keep your ride on the road, internal, external, outside your car. They got it. Check out their line of products at lucasoil.com. I've been doing things with Tommy Shaw for several decades, but this interview that we did with Tommy Shaw recently, which, by the way, subscribe to our YouTube page, Speed Freaks Radio, and you'll see numerous video interviews that we've done recently and over the last 21 years. Uh, The freshest, of course, is Tommy Shaw. The new record is called Crash of the Crown. It's a new Sticks record. came out in June, which, by the way, of course, you can stream or or purchase in numerous areas. Uh, Crash of the Crown. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up in this interview. But first... It's the stories that he hits about being on the road over the last 30, 40 years, whether it's opening up for Gene Simmons or Jerry Lee Lewis or his influences. It's Tommy Shaw 
talking about the chairman of the board here in the Freak Nation. I've just uh, started to watch this new uh, Frank Sinatra. Um, it's a, it's a, I don't know how many parts there is, are to it, but it's a fantastic documentary. Uh, and it's, you know, he was always kind of private about his, his, his private life. But, um, man, there's, there's just so m much behind the scenes of getting to know Sinatra. It, it's mind-blowing. And there, it, it was a lot of it was like grainy 16-millimeter film or home movies and that sort of thing. So, again, it was the content. <laughs> Tommy Shaw of Sticks listens to Frank Sinatra. Your concerts yeah. couldn't be more different than Frank Sinatra. You got well, big air, big sound, big production, big guitars. It's well, incredible, the concerts. There was a, um, you know, that song, uh, Got You Under My Skin? Mm -hmm. uh, Nelson Riddle, conductor, arranger. They're in Studio A at, uh, at um, oh, what's the studio in Los Angeles? Um, uh, I can't think of the name. It's this, this amazing studio that I've recorded in. Uh, and seen pictures of Sinatra singing there. And there he is singing right out in the middle of the orchestra, uh, no headphones on. And then later on in the, the video, they show him singing that song in front of an audience. And he, at this time, he's done it a bunch of times. And he, he, as a vocalist, he's just, you know, he's ungodly. I mean, he's, mm. or he was godly, I would say. Uh, mm. And it's one of those things I didn't appreciate uh, when I was younger because I hadn't gone out and performed and, and uh, recorded and, and that sort of thing. Cap Capital Studios. Yes. Uh, oh, there you go. And it was just amazing, this live performance that he did. So he was very instrumental with those arrangements. And, uh, and he was the first person to do concept albums. And he did hmm. many concept albums. He, what he would do, he would think of this this setting or this concept or this I idea or feeling. And he would go about finding the songs that would tell that story. And Nelson Riddle would do the arrangements of it. And you'd have this greatest players in, in Los Angeles playing behind it. And, and he, he as a storyteller, he made it look so easy. Uh, but uh Part of something that really struck me it was him talking about vocalizing, and he was describing some things that you do as a vocalist that only not even their vocalists know about unless they've had some training. And I've had enough training because I had to. I had to learn how to sing high enough when we recorded it because <laughs> I was able to record it, but I couldn't pull it off live. It was just too high, and I didn't. I didn't have enough vocal technique, so I wound up taking. Going to my vocal teacher in New York and having her show me how to do it, and she listened to the tape and she said, "Why are you doing this? What? Why are you singing that high? You know, I said, it's too late now. The record's out. You got to show me how to do it." And the same things that she taught me, Sinatra was talking about. That's how he learned to sing. So it's just oh, wow. just amazing. Uh, I never thought I would relate to Sinatra on such a, a personal way like that. Well, to, I guess, re-ask her question to you, why do you sing some of these verses so high? I mean, it's amazing, and people love replicating you all around the world, but how did you get to that, and why? I, I could do it 
without technique, but I couldn't do it for very long or very many times in a row. And so I needed to, I needed to, it was like an engine that wasn't tuned up, you know, that mm. you got a couple of spark plugs on it, right? And you just go ahead and floor it anyway. And the next thing you know, you're broken down on the side of the road. Uh, so <laughs> I just, I found a few of those things that were, when you're trying to sing some of those, those bell notes, instead of just forcing your muscles and your vocal cords to do it, you use your whole head is like a, your head's like a speaker cabinet, you know? And so you place those speakers in there so that they get the most projection. And so you do that vocally. And if you, if you watch the uh, Aretha uh, doc, um, the movie just recently, um, you, you can see those same kind of mechanisms at work. It's so cool to hear how much you are still a student of the music industry. You love watching these documentaries, these movies, and you can pick something out of each and every one that you that can be relatable. That's yeah. fascinating. I don't think a lot of people realize that the best musicians truly do that. Yeah, and, and that's why I can still uh, – actually, I sing better than I used to because I sing uh, – more properly and I can I can do a lot more with a lot less energy and <laughs> and I can feel it's not I'm not just getting lucky when I hit the note it's like I know I can hit that and so there's there's so much joy in be, knowing that I'm going to get there and I'm going to be able to do it and um, I, ju I just can't wait to go sing every night. Wow. And then that's what keeps you healthy night in and night out, especially in places like where you are now in Phoenix, or let's take Las Vegas. I know some singers can't stand going to Las Vegas because of the dry throat conditions. So, yeah, I mean, have you changed your daily habits from 20 years ago to now to keep you healthy on the road as well? The only thing that's changed uh, was when I moved to Nashville, it's so green and there's so just constantly allergens in the air that I have hmm. to... Have to worry about that, so I, I wind up taking like a, a, you know, something for allergies every day, and I have these, you know, there's always like a new contraption that you can get to kind of clear out your, your, your throat and your nasal cavity and all that stuff. You don't want to hear about all that, <laughs> uh, but I, but I, I've got drugs. You know, my my wardrobe case sometimes looks like looks like a pharmacy. You know, let's try this one, you know, but they, they work. So you got, you got to, you got to have, it's like, like you're again, like an engine. You just can't mm -hmm. have all this car, carbon buildup in there. You got to keep it, the flow going. Do you <laughs> love it? Love do that. you uh, do this for your fans? It's important to you listening to your music that your stage performance replicates what they get from the albums from the CDs. Uh, do your fans demand that, or do you just go a little extra to give it to them? I, I demand it just because I, I want to do it, and I don't want to be worrying about, am I going to crash and burn? I, I, I want to look forward to that high note and not, not dread it. Uh, and so, you know, when you record songs, they're brand new songs, and so you're just doing everything right that you've come up with, but when you go out and play them, suddenly you see, you know, there's an opportunity to extend it or um, to do a little something to take it to another level because you're performing it live. 
And we have this song called uh, Save Us From Ourselves. It's on the new album, Crash of the Crown. And it's one of those, it's like a, like a soul song, like a, uh, kind of like a, almost like a Marvin Gaye kind of pro, not a hmm. protest song, but a social commentary song. You know, it's like, can anyone save us from ourselves this time? You know, <laughs> and uh, so uh, we extended it. Um, we put it, uh, JY has a big guitar solo on the end of it. And then we take it like it's like it's a, a soul song, like a review. And it just keeps, you know, it keeps building at the end. And I get to vocalize there again. And, and JY takes another solo. And then it's it just it just keeps going like that. And I know um, that the people who haven't bought the album, taken home and listened to it yet, don't know it. But the song actually, just because we're, we, it's so real, and the song, it's a really good song. Uh, then by the end of the song, they know it, and they have, they have kind of gotten caught up in it. And that's what I love. I, I love, and I, and I, you know, we're talking about the vocalizing. Is I know I can get there and take it to another level. What about man in the wilderness? I yeah. I heard that, fell in love with it, the lyrics in particular, and the how you described it in the intro on the video. That's a pretty significant song. It was, and that was just kind of, you know, when you you write what you know, or write what you feel. And, uh, I had seen Kansas. Uh, we had opened for Kansas. This is like I think my first tour. Or second, yeah, yeah, like my first tour, and I snuck out into the audience just to watch them and listen to them. And they were just, I didn't, I had never heard of a band, a rock band playing with just, you know, such great technical uh, and classical uh, tones to what they were doing. And I wanted a song like that, so I went back, and I that's that's how Man in the Wilderness came to be, and it it was. Uh, biographical because I had all I'd ever done is played in clubs mm -hmm. and um, you know maybe I, the biggest thing I think I'd ever done was play with Jerry Lee Lewis for a couple of shows. Oh, what? Uh, what? That's a lot, it's another story. Oh my God. <laughs> you can't so, leave that on the table, Tommy. Oh, Tommy. You gotta, you gotta expand on that. You and Jerry Lee Lewis jamming well, together? Come on. I was in this band uh and our manager, um, we had kind of stopped off in Memphis and stayed there long enough to meet people. And our, our agent was Jerry Lee's, let's see, our manager was Jerry Lee's agent. Is that right? Yes, our manager was Jerry Lee's agent. And he had heard about us, and we had we were an eight-piece band. We had horns. And um, he wanted to hear what his band would sound like with horns. So... He spoke to our uh, to our agent, our manager, and said, uh, "Let's get these boys to come with me and play a couple of shows. I'm going to see what it's like." And so everybody went, but our drummer and our bass player. He used his uh, drummer and bass player, and we rehearsed one night and uh, just for Jerry. We're out, we're playing in the club in Memphis and playing, and he's sitting out there with his girlfriend in his lap and uh, and listening to us play. Smoking a cigar, you know, it was very surreal. Uh, so he gave us a thumbs up. Uh, we all got on his private plane and flew out to California and uh, did the shows. One of them was in Anaheim and the other was, was in Fresno, Fresno, these arenas. And uh, 
it's funny because he's such a natural musician. I don't, you know, he's not aware. He's really not aware of how horn players need to like stay in the key that they learned the song in. <laughs> because there's a lot of, they have to do a lot of transposing. So, so we start playing the, some of these songs and he starts it out in another key. And he gets to the solo and says, take it, boys. <laughs> but he was such a pro. That, uh, some guy started heckling him because he had been doing his, you know, great balls of fire and something like that. And some guy's out there yelling at him and heckling him. He stops and then he does green, green grass at home and makes that guy look like it. Because, you know, this, that's, a, that's a beautiful kind of religious you know, uh, Americana song, and he 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 just took the pants off that guy in front of everybody. <laughs> Don't mess with the killer. No. <laughs> and we'll continue on with more from Tommy Shaw, Crash of the Crown, coming up next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motor Cross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV TV and MAV TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24 7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, 
Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. It's the title cut, Crash of the Crown, the new record from Sticks here in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios, and we continue on with our discussion with Tommy Shaw, the front man of Sticks. You, as a solo artist and as um, even before Sticks, as we found out, have played for some pretty uh, formidable people and bands. 1977 for me, you know what? I don't hate reminiscing like this. Screw it. September of 1977. (laughs) Uh, Sticks opened up for Kiss. Uh, how much of that tour do you remember, uh, Tommy Shaw? Well, it was the, actually the second time I'd ever opened for Kiss because mm-hmm. uh, when uh, when I got the job with Sticks, they had found me back in my hometown. I, that other band I'd been in, we, disco music and the you know, the economy breaking down kind of sent us all back home. Uh, and so I was back in my hometown in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, and playing in a bowling alley lounge with my buddies from high school. Yeah. Uh, and there, you know, disco music had, we were a band playing all original songs, eight piece band. Nobody knew our music. They wanted to dance, and the club owners were saying, "You, we, we, I don't need you. I can buy a stereo and some lights, and not have to argue with you guys." So, <laughs> so they they kind of just you know shredded our few gigs that we had, and so I went home and did that, and it was great. Just a hundred people coming in there and watching us play and sing songs, and uh, but we had that's the previous band had been. Uh, we played at this club called Rush Up on Rush Street in Chicago many, many nights. And one of those nights, uh, the tour manager from Styx came in and introduced himself to us. And uh, so he had, he had gotten to see us and he really liked the band. And there came a point uh, when they had released Equinox. They had a brand new album, brand new record label, a new manager, and they had a national tour booked. And John Serluski, uh, the uh, the other guitarist in the band, decided, I'm out. I oh. he, he walked away from it. And, you know, it's so hard to, to reschedule the tour. You know, people want their money back, and they just, ah, it's too much trouble. So they they put their feelers out, and the tour manager said, I've met this guy, and, you know, let me see if I can find him. And I when I got my phone down there, I didn't have a as an unlisted number because I was like, you know, who am I worried about calling, you know, calling. And so they got my number from directory assistants, called me up and invited me to come up and audition. 
And next thing I know, I'm packing up and learning 13 songs and stacker of albums. You know, you go home, get your stuff, learn these 13 songs, come back, and then we hit the road. One what? rehearsal. One rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Off we go. Wow. Just, just wow. I can't get any, I can't think of anything else besides <laughs> wow. That's, it was wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did that turn into the kiss opening up for kiss? Oh, 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 that, yeah, I left out the whole point. Yeah, of you the did. Story. Sorry. <laughs> In the bowling alley lounge before this happened, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a guy who was a fan of our little band came in and said uh, he's, he, he had something to do with sticks coming to play Garrett Coliseum that evening. And the opening act, their truck had broken down. And he said, you guys want to come open for kiss? And we're like, sure, you know, but we're, we're playing like Jackson Brown, Eagles songs, and I'm playing steel guitar and acoustic guitar. And, uh, you know, but we're like, yeah, okay. So so we go out and uh, to the Coliseum and walk up there and kiss his gears on stage. And we bring our look, you know, we got a handful of equipment to bring in. And so I, I saw Gene Simmons and I went up to him and I said, do you think we could get a sound check? And he looked down at me like, come here. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he took me for a little walk around the, the, the out, out, outer part of the arena floor. He said, look, you know, bands with hits don't get sound checks with us. But, yes, you can have a sound check. So we got a sound check. Oh, yes. wow. And uh, so... So when we when sticks opened for Kiss in Houston, then I saw them again. But in our dressing room, he and Paul came in. They were just uh, getting ready. They were suited up in all their regalia, and, and then, uh, it was, you know, it was nice to have a, a better gig to <laughs> greet them with. That is amazing. You, you look, these stories you could go on and yes. on and on. Uh, now with your 17th record with Crash of the Crown, do you find some of these bands that you work with in the similar situations that you were uh, opening up for Kiss that Tommy Shaw is talking to me? He's walking out on stage with me and out in the crowd going, boy, <laughs> you want to sound? Do you find now, you know, many years later, especially with this new release that came out in June, that you're having, you're walking the same walk that Gene Simmons did with a, a young Tommy Shaw. I guess I don't really think about it. You know, when you're when you're when you're backstage, everybody's anyone who's back there belongs there, and they they've they've made their way there. So uh, I'm I'm always we're always courteous to uh, to local opening acts who, who come up because they've they've achieved a certain level of of experience and following. Uh, in order to get to that point, so yeah, I can I can uh, definitely relate to that, and you know, and they really people usually they they bring their best, so you wind up hearing some really cool stuff. Did you think Tommy Shaw sticks? Did you think back in nineteen the mid seventies that you'd still be touring in twenty twenty one and out there on the stage banging the guitar? Uh, did you see that then? Well, I didn't see anything else. Uh, I was, you know, I'm kind of a one-trick pony. 
you know, I, I, this is this is what I do, and I'd hoped that I would continue to be able to do it, and uh, and so so far I've been able to do that. Uh, but yeah, I did, did not have a fallback. You had no plan B. That was that you were going <laughs> to tour no matter what. You, you don't want me doing plan B because you know it's like my wife. You, you know, <laughs> she, she's very. She's very capable of running the show at home, and uh, I, I've, I've always, I've got music playing in my head twenty four hours a day. Not all, always good music. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. like really bad, smooth jazz, and or, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I? Or I'm just going over a scale in my head. Like, why am I doing that? Mm. What are or, you hearing but, right now? I'm interrupting you, and I'm sorry, but what are you hearing right now? Just some kind of just like random jazz, mm. you know, yeah. just like like a like a sax solo, just kind of something of Miles Davis wow. album. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, so I'm constantly I, I have a I have a very short attention span, and it, <laughs> you know, my wife loves she still loves me, so she's used mm-hmm. to it. But um, yeah, I. I <laughs> I, it's good that I can do this because I'm I'm dysfunctional in so many other ways. <laughs> <laughs> but the, okay, so Statman is saying that back in the '70s, did you ever think you'd still be doing this come year 2021? Well, let's just take it back one year. Just last year, you're putting together Crash of the Crown. Did you think that you were going to get to this point right now because of how the pandemic changed everything, including recording sessions? Well, fortunately, we had already begun. We had written everything but two songs. Ooh. The only the only two songs that were written during the lockdown were um, "Our Wonderful Lives" and two those. Uh, everything else was already in the can, and you know, it was, you know that it, it's it, if you listen to the album, it kind of sounds like we're writing it about what's going on right now. But right <laughs> now, it's just an extension of what was going on back then. <laughs> Very right. true. Um, yeah, it, it, it was something. It was, you know, unlike anything that any of us have ever, had ever experienced before. And I'll tell you, the fact that we were already into making the record and we, we and technology came along to fill in the gap of us not being able to be in the same room. So we used that technology to uh, record our drums from Austin, Texas, listening to them in my studio in Nashville. Uh, Chuck Bonazzo, our tour manager, drove 900 miles down to pick him up, drove him to the house. He did his recording, drove him 900 miles back to Miami. Um, oh, my. Lawrence uh, had finished a lot of his recordings, but he couldn't come into the United States. We couldn't go up there, so we, it, we did it from his studio on a zoom call it was just like this say say but but uh you know i'm lawrence and and you're his producer and there's there's will and then there's the engineer uh so that's how we did we finished out those parts um and then will mixed it and uh it was we were just bound to determine that nothing was going to stop us from good finishing that album uh, and and we did it, and uh, it's one of my favorite albums we've ever made. 
You clearly the- had too much time on your hands, though, right? Hey. Oh. oh, yeah, that was the theme song. That was the theme song of the year. <laughs> does it, that, you, it, would this be one of your favorite albums, Tommy? Does it have everything to do with the fact that it was in your studio and what you had to go through to put out such good music? I mean, you could have put out, you could have wasted two years, but the music that I've heard from Crown, it's good music. Is that why the struggles studio? Is that why it's so special? Well, it's all it's all part of it. We had uh, on the previous album, the mission. Uh, Will and I, you know, just in contemplating how it's going to be. What, what's it going to sound like? Uh, we agreed that our favorite sticks albums were Grand Illusion, Pieces of Eight, and Equinox. And so we, we listened to those albums. Said, what is it that we like so much about those albums? We love the drum sounds. We love uh, the great analog sounds. Uh, we love the, the vocal harmonies. And so we said, let's, let's, let's make a new album and, and just be that band who was doing that. So, because that's, that's, to me, is so identifiable as sticks. Uh, and so we had that going on before the lockdown. So we already had our, our uh, you know, Todd already had his drums picked out and we had all those things going on. It was just just the other stuff, just the madness uh, and, and the isolation of being stuck inside and uh, all the unknowns. That was just like everybody else. That was just kind of exhausting. It still mm-hmm. is. Uh, it was just a different level of it you now. What about touring? Uh, we know how many tours were postponed. Is is this a, just a different emotion and feeling for you guys now on this tour, given what this country, this world's been through for the last 16, 18 months? You just want to go out and hug everybody that shows up for a show now? <laughs> it's so hard not to, go, to hug each other and hug fans and give them five <laughs> and give high fives. Uh, and, but we... We did the, the work, and we early on, we our uh, production manager said, "I'm going to be the COVID cop, so it's going <laughs> to be it's going to be our way or the highway." Uh, we 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 stopped all meet and greets. We stopped um, having anybody that wasn't part of our team hmm. uh, to be around us. So we just we did like the like the sporting teams, and, and we just created a bubble, and uh, so. If you hear people mask, you know, <laughs> that's not the this might walk through our dressing room carrying his mask. We didn't know, like, put it on. You know, we don't know you. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of that. But we're, you know, this is what we have to do to mm-hmm. to, to keep moving forward. And if it hurts somebody's feelings a little bit to do that, well, you shouldn't be in our area anyway. We're trying to, you know. We're trying to keep everybody else healthy by wearing the mask, and you know. But you don't you don't want to go down that road. We're just trying to take care of, our, of ourselves, mm. and so that we can go out and, you know, when we walk out there in front of our fans, it's it's like this emotional explosion mm. of joy, and uh, you can just sense everybody's feelings of yes, you know, finally we get to do this. And it just goes up from there. So, and that we feed off that energy, and uh, it is really something to look forward to. No, seriously, Kenny, I know what? you're going to laugh at me with this. Uh-oh. My swing choir from back in high school would love to hear that you 
rehearse to your own songs because we rehearsed to you when before we went on stage. We love singing your songs. It was just, I mean, they're just so great. All the harmonies and just, oh, it's just, it's and, memories, man. And, we, you know, we, we wrote and recorded all that stuff, but we didn't learn it. You know, we, we learned, learned it to play the, to sing the, the parts. And so now we have to go back in there's because we want it to be right. And and also, when you play out on the road, you do things a few nights in a row. And every once in a while, somebody will take a little liberty on a part and do mm. a little dip down or something like that, like or s- switch to another part. So we're constantly checking ourselves. Because oh, wow. uh, I, I don't know if you've, you've probably heard some bands where you go to see them and it's like, well, those songs don't sound like a record at all. Right. <laughs> and what's happened is that just day, day by day, little by little, they they take liberties and they change things. And next thing you know, you know, they it's they've done some damage to mm-hmm. the songs. Well, we try and keep those parts as fresh and uh, and make sure everybody's got singing the right parts. And uh, so, because because when you get out there and then everything's right, then all you got to worry about is just doing your part. Tommy, thank you, buddy. Perfect. See, <laughs> can't say it enough, Freak Nation. Tommy Shaw, kind enough to spend about 40, 45 minutes with us here in the Freak Nation. Go to our YouTube page to watch that interview. And again, sticksworld.com for all your information on the latest music from Crash to the Crown uh, from Sticks. Tommy Shaw, human greatness. Shoot the juice to the moose and stat man. Cut it loose. Zip. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.